Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latch Mama Podcast. Long time no talk slash listen. Um, we took a little break, but we're back again. Um, and we are kicking off, um, not necessarily a new season, but um, our little comeback here um, with a fun podcast today. Corey and I are back together. For those of you who have not listened to kind of the archived uh, podcast. Corey has been here a couple of times. Love it. Right? I think, it's I think been twice now. Yeah. yeah. You came to talk about VBACs and C sections. I did. Um, and you also came to talk about pregnancy loss. Yep. And now we're back to have a fun little podcast today because Corey and I both have babies in our bellies. Super pregnant. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we're just going to kind of catch up on what we've been up to and um, where things have gone since we both sat together and talked about loss. You're listening to the Latch Mama podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, business owner and tired mom of five. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, nursing, parenting, and all things motherhood. Hi. Hey. How are you? Uh, you know, it's hot. I'm very pregnant. <laughs> How many weeks are you now? Uh, 28. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Third trimester. Yes. It kind of flew, but that's because I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> so uh, backstory, you sat here and talked about loss with me. I did. I was miscarrying at the time. I know. And you were pregnant. It, like very newly pregnant. Like newly. Like had found out days before. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You did a good job. It was good. Like, I mean, of course I had no idea, <laughs> but it was also super early. Yeah. Um, were you, I mean, I assume you were excited. Was it kind of one of those you stopped breastfeeding and just got pregnant or? I weirdly, like, I'm not sure how the timing worked out, mm -hmm. but stopped nursing like on Christmas Eve of last year. Okay. And I conceived like the same week. So That's... I don't know how that worked out. Yeah. I've never... All of my other kids have weaned as I've gotten pregnant, yeah. like eight weeks, 10 weeks, because I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. And this kid, this baby weaned herself. It was wonderful. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. It was I don't, great. I don't know. I think I've been pregnant with all of mine when they've actually weaned. Yep. Um, so like just pulling back in kind of like lost stories, because we were talking about kind of early loss last time we were here. Um, I assume that when you get an early pregnancy test positive there is some of that anxiety and oh, fear it's scary. and it's like super scary did you go start progesterone did you call your I midwife did. what I, did um, you I immediately called my RE which is uh who I saw to get pregnant with my third because I had had so many losses okay and this is number four this is baby number four okay yep. um I immediately called them and said hey I don't know if you still you know see people that got pregnant on their own and didn't need any help and they yeah. were like oh yeah you're a repeat customer you come right on that's in. awesome <laughs> that's so cool yeah, so, so I took progesterone yep okay did they do blood work at all or did they, they did just... they they treated me just like they did with my third pregnancy wow. and they they saw me every week for 13 weeks wow yeah wow they made it a big deal it was wonderful i highly recommend our e-care so i'm sure it made you feel a little bit it does safer. It, it takes away some of that anxiety that's awesome not that everybody needs an ultrasound every week but yeah when did you've you, had a you lot got of one every helps. week it does yeah wow it's a lot so, so did you, I guess, see growth heartbeat pretty early on in the pro like the six weeks or, um, I had one of those, like, wasn't sure if it was going to stick yeah. beginnings. Uh -huh. 
um, where, which are like the most terrifying. Oh God. They're There's, the, like you just, you're sitting on pins and needles for yeah, weeks uh-huh. waiting for things to grow. Um, but I think I finally saw a heartbeat around like seven or eight weeks. Wow. We were expecting to see it at like six. So for like two more weeks, I kind of sat and really thought nothing was going to happen. And it finally wow. did. That's <sighs> crazy. It makes yeah. you wonder about progesterone though. It makes you wonder. I, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> I, it's such it's such a deep dive that yeah. some people just say it doesn't do anything. And then some people say it absolutely does. And it can help in those situations where the baby's trying to get all snuggled up right. in there and just can't get what it needs. But that extra progesterone helps the I've, lining grow. I've and had two now. You know, with, yeah, with progesterone. So so fascinating. Fingers so crossed. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think my, my story was pretty similar. I had bizarrely. So when we talked last time, I had the blighted ovum going right. on. I knew it wasn't going to be a successful pregnancy. Was trying to figure out if I could really be patient enough to pass it on my own, um, which I inevitably was not patient enough. Patience is not something that I uh, <laughs> that I excel at in life. Um, and also, it's just a super hard situation, like to walk around with something that you know is not viable in your no. body. You're still producing HCG because the placenta is still growing. Um, my progesterone was super low at that point, so I really can't blame a whole lot on that. But I still had like kind of the pregnancy you know, uneasiness. It didn't feel great. I was, I was ready to move on and like restart life. Um, and then you just have the emotional aspect of like walking around with something in your body that you knew isn't going to turn into anything. When's it going to start? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think I had been spotting a little bit, but I knew that I was not, I had not passed the products at conception or the sack or whatever it was or whatever we want to call it. Um, so I think I eventually reached out to my midwife and just said, hey, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to go in for another ultrasound. I think I had a pretty vulnerable conversation and just said, hey, this is this is the deal. Um, and I had gotten blood work done for those that didn't listen to the first chapter of the story. So eventually I took the side attack. It was super easy process-ish. Um, I think I saw her on a Friday afternoon. I took it Friday evening. Um, I had no idea going into it because I had never been introduced to it before. Did you take it with any of your losses? I haven't, no. Um, it's an interesting drug. You can actually get a fever with it, which I really? had no idea. I didn't even know that that was part of it. Some people vomit with it. Like There's, there's a lot of different... Um, the science behind it is very interesting, which I hope to never have to really research again. But yeah. it's, it's, an inter- it's an interesting way to it's a pro i think it, it releases a bunch of prostaglandins which is actually what you also release when you go into labor which it's, makes yeah, sense it's also used in induction i've read a little bit about yeah. it it's a little scary it's a really it's a really interesting drug but i really didn't understand i thought you know hey they would be the same risk taking it as there is normally when you miscarry like right. that there was just going to be a lot of blood and right. you know it was going to be intense um i also didn't know that sometimes it doesn't work um oh. the first time i knew that I learned that sometimes you have to take it more than once. Sometimes everything wow. ends up in a DNC anyways. You could take it once. You could take it twice. Then you could also 
then wait and wait for it to go naturally. I mean, there were so many options. There's also schools of thought of whether you put it in your mouth or whether and you let it dissolve or whether you stick it in your vagina and let it enter. Yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. Put it up towards your cervix that way. So there were all of these things (laughs) to contemplate. And it was really hard because, you know, you're just in this really weird emotional state. You're already super vulnerable. So, um, I don't even remember. I kind of locked myself in my bedroom. Eric had the kids. Um, you know, I started bleeding a little bit and like, it's this weird thing cause I had been bleeding, but I knew I hadn't passed anything. So I didn't know like, Hey, am I going to bleed a lot? Am I going to get sick? What's going to happen? Right. It was a totally like not event. I put on, put on a pair of like depends. Cause I was like, I'm not changing a pad. If this is really going to be miscarriage bleeding, it actually wasn't that much at all. I woke up the next morning and I was like, this stinks. Like I didn't, I didn't pass it. Like, I don't even know what I'm going to do now. I guess we're going to revisit it in another week or whatever. And then I was taking a shower and, um, it fell out in the shower, Mm -hmm. which is a really interesting thing because it wasn't on the, it wasn't on the toilet. This is probably too much information for people. (laughs) So there are times that I'm actually in the shower now that I think about the loss, which is very rare for me because normally like a loss happens and it's like, I think it was just more the idea that something fell out of my body while I was in the shower and like, I mean, with most losses, there are clots, but I mean, it's pretty evident when it's not a clot and when it's like something else. Um, But it was also pretty cool because it was in the shower, so I could actually look at it and take a picture of it and hold it and, you know, hold it in my hand and actually like look at the cool aspect. It didn't look like a baby. No, no, no. But like look at the cool aspect of like what your body does start to create. It's, yeah. And then, you know. When else are you going to get to see something like that? Absolutely. Stops for whatever reason. Um, So it was an interesting experience. It was... I mean, of course, one that I would never want to do again, but your body's pretty rad. You know, you come on the other side of a loss and you're like, this is pretty, this is pretty awesome. You know, in the sense that like it knew it wasn't healthy. It did what it needed to do. Right. um, Eventually with a little bit of help. But um, so that was a really, really long way of saying that like randomly, you know, I was testing down my HCG like most of us do after a loss. I, after that experience there were a lot of reasons why I needed to take a break. And I was just kind of like, I'm not ready to get pregnant. No. Um, I think that when you have other kids and especially with everything that I had on my plate, I was like, holy moly, those pregnancy hormones, they're no joke. I think Mm -mm. you sometimes forget. Oh, completely. You completely forget by the time you, by the time your baby is one or whatever, you forget postpartum. I think sometimes like you forget those first 12 weeks of pregnancy where like literally you, I feel like I change. Like I'm I'm a completely different human being. hundred percent. Yep. And to be able to make that decision. So, you know, you have the loss and then all of a sudden on the other side of it, you're like, no, I don't (laughs) want to go back there. Like all of a sudden the HCG drops and you start to feel like I could eat real food again. I could eat a salad. I like felt very (laughs) balanced. Like it was beautiful. And I was like, okay, no, mm -mm. no, we're taking a break. We're we're not doing this. We're not, we're not having baby number six is crazy to begin with. Second of all, I, I mean, there, there's no way. And then third of all, I'm like, I'm almost 40. That baby would have been due on my 40th birthday. So this one, I was like, is going to be after I'm 40. How many more of those losses am I going to have to navigate right. prior to finding our way to a healthy baby? That's a tough thought. And like, it, like is, is this something that I really have in me? Um, you know, and then you add to it kind of how everything transpired from like, 
a care provider perspective and I didn't really feel quite comfortable there. So there was just all of this stuff rolling around, but you know, as life happens is testing down my HCG test still showed HCG ovulated anyways. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So and it happened yeah, in spite of everything. Yeah. It happened probably. I mean, I must've ovulated less than eight days after the actual loss came out that is so soon and it's weird because like i've had enough ultrasounds at this point that like i mean you can argue dates but you really can't argue dates at this point because i had dating ultrasounds had my 20 week ultrasound like it it, it, biology is what it is like i definitely the test was i mean i know the hcg leaves your urine after it leaves your blood. So that right. kind of makes sense that maybe the blood had dropped to zero or but you still low. Caught up, yeah. And but the urine hadn't caught up and then I ovulated. I don't know. Wow. So yeah, so super soon. Really after soon. Loss. Yeah. I've um, I've gotten pregnant after losses, but it's usually about two weeks. Yeah. Always. Wow. It's always been two weeks for me too. So I didn't really have a whole lot of say no. in the <laughs> fact that we wanted to take a break before the the crazy town started too again. Late. Um but yeah, here I sit, 20, I don't know, five weeks pregnant, a few weeks behind you. It's crazy. That's crazy. It's nutty. Um, but this was my first time taking progesterone too. So I started, I had a random, at like six weeks, um, I had a random like five hours of bleeding. Okay. And it was like legit bleeding. Eesh. Who knows what it was? Who right. knows if it was the end of the previous, whatever didn't get mm-hmm. cleared out. I don't think we'll ever really know whether mm-hmm. it was a... a another sack that didn't stick. I mean, who, who knows? Um, but I, I assumed that I had lost it. Um, and then I went and got my HCG drawn and it was super high. Um, progesterone was like in like, it was like 11. So it was like in that like sweet spot, that sweet spot Mm -hmm. that was like, do we support it? Do we not support it? Um, so I did the whole progesterone thing for a few weeks. Um, yeah. And here we are. He seems happy and healthy in there. I love that. You know, we're going to hopefully have our little cute little fall baby. So I don't know. It's such a crazy ride. It's all so crazy. Pregnancy after loss is hard. Yeah. And the ups and the downs and like the when do you settle into it? And I think so much of our podcast break has been Latch Mom has been growing. We've been, you know, getting kind of back to a new normal after COVID. Right. A lot of stuff, but a lot of it has just been like you add something else of, hey, is this gonna is this gonna be something that's gonna happen for our family? Is it not? You know, and that's as, a lot of worry on top of a lot absolutely. of worry. Absolutely. And as much as we have supportive partners, you as a woman and as a female, you carry no. so much of it yourself. Yeah. You know, um, did you relax into it pretty early on? I mean, I guess the RE care probably helped know that your HCG was going up. I'm not sure if I've still relaxed. I I think it's a little strange because I've always known super early what my babies were going to be. Like I took the sneak peek test. Yeah, I remember that. I don't have a clue what this baby is. Wow. So it's... I think that might have played a little bit into the anxiety. Yeah. I still feel a little anxious. Like, what is in there? <laughs> That's so awesome. Though. Yeah. But I, I definitely feel probably after 20 weeks, mm-hmm. maybe maybe 24 when they tell you that's viability. Yep. I feel a, a lot less worried than yeah. I did in the beginning, for sure. Yeah. People say all the time that we need to change our packaging to like, you know, owned by a company owned by a mom of six. And right. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Not until Not this yet. little guy is in my arms. Yep. Um, so talk to me a little bit. I know you've also been here and you've talked about C-sections. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have a plan for this birth? I kind of do. I actually texted my doula this morning Aww, and said, hey, are we Emily. ready to talk a uh, birth plan yet or should I wait? <laughs> I love it. I love her. She's my favorite person probably She's on the planet. probably one of the best doulas, eventual midwives, because mm-hmm. we believe in her and she's going to make it happen. Um, hopefully she's telling people that. If not, Kennedy can cut it. I didn't know she was telling oh. people that. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> Sorry, Kennedy. You're going to have to go back and cut that probably. Um, I'll check with her though to make sure. Um, yeah, I, I texted my doula this morning and said, hey, are we ready to talk birth plan? I, uh-huh. I mean, I have it in my brain. I will probably schedule a C-section. I've, I've okay. done the VBAC thing. I've really, really tried. You tried so hard. And I just, I want to enjoy my birth. Yeah. I don't want to stress about it. I don't want to plan and plan and plan and then be disappointed again. Yeah. So I feel like I get, I gain a little bit more control when I say, okay, here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what I want from it. And I'm, I'm trying to work with my provider now. That's Emily and I were talking about it. And she was like, make a list of what you want. Okay. You know, family-centered cesarean, gentle cesarean, mm-hmm. dim lights, you know, music, immediate skin to skin. I've done a little researching on mother-assisted cesareans wow, where the mom helps really lift cool. the baby out. It's very popular in Australia right now. So that's awesome. I'm wondering if I can make that happen. But yeah, I think... I think this time I'm going to go the scheduled C-section route. Will you labor at all, do you think? I've or? been asked. That's okay. like recommended now is kind of to wait and see when uh-huh. your body starts that so yep. you know baby's ready. Yep. Um, I just don't know right now. Okay, cool. Sorry I to put know. you on the spot. No, no, it's fine. It just... With three at home and yeah. like minimal childcare, I would love to wait. Yeah. I just don't know that I can guarantee childcare and my husband off Absolutely. work in time to wait. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a reason why scheduled C-sections are sometimes a thing yeah. outside. I mean, it's, it, it's awesome. It's awesome that we have choices. It's awesome right. that. I just, yeah, I love know, that I've been informed to this point that I can make this decision. Absolutely. I really do. Were you disappointed after Lucy's birth? I don't think I had time to be disappointed after Lucy's yeah. birth because I hired like the world's most amazing doula <laughs> and she like refused to let me be. She was like, listen, you made these decisions. Uh-huh. You made them with, you know, positive thoughts in mind and you were very sure this is what you wanted to do and you did an amazing job. So Absolutely. like, don't be disappointed in yourself. And I really, I just wasn't, yeah. I didn't have any of those feelings that I had after the first time I tried my VBAC. Yeah. So it was great. So all of yours will come out through your belly. Yep. They will all come out through the sunroof. <laughs> That's fantastic, though, because they all came out the same way. I mean, it's just adorable. They can share that for, they, yeah. forever. I'm trying to figure out like how long it's going to take you to figure out this. Set. Probably, I guess, the same time. I mean, this way versus this way. Right. I'm trying to figure out like how long the anticipation is going to be on. on oh, I'm very is, anxious about who, it. Who's, who's going to say who's it? Joining your ba- <laughs> who's joining your family and like whether you're going to get to say it and see it first or yeah. like how that whole thing works. Yep. Oh, that's so exciting. That's, I've written that in my, my little pre-birth plan. I was like, please don't say anything. I don't care if the first thing you see is testicles. Yes. Don't announce it. I want to see. Oh, that's so cool, though. Yeah, I don't think I could do surprises. It's hard for it's me. Hard. Like I said before, it's just super hard for me to connect with what yeah. is growing inside of Absolutely. me. And it takes me a little while post-birth, too. So I feel like the more I kind of know what's happening, and this is... People laugh and tell me it's not true, but I mean, this is 100% our last baby. So it's been fun to work with the kids and stuff and actually talk about who's joining our family. Yeah, prepare them. 
Well, there's going to be a boy or a girl and right. who's eventually going to share rooms. And it actually ends up nice because we'll end up with four boys and two girls. Oh. So people can share rooms right. of the same sex. Twos and twos and twos. Yeah, yeah you go. Um, eventually as they get older. Because um, I don't think anybody will ever have their own room. <laughs> um, from a space standpoint and like the kids just like each other. Like oh, they yeah. They find safety. And, and do you have kids who share rooms? I do. My boys share a room and we, we tried the separate thing. It, yeah. They wanted to be Absolutely. like they would share a bed if I put their beds in separate yeah. rooms. I'm sure at some point it will change, but like space wise, y'all are probably gonna have twin beds and share a room till you leave. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Are you excited about four? Like I am. you're kind of getting into big family territory. I, I, there. I kind of am. You are. My mom had five and she's like, quit while you're ahead. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but yeah, are you I mean, four, I wanna try thinking four was harder for me in all honesty than three was three really? was a pretty easy transition for me because I had two boys and then I had a girl right but my girl was pretty chill I feel like Lucy is a little Lucy is high maintenance really she's <laughs> so freaking cute though she is she's she's high maintenance I, f- I feel like the transition postpartum to three was fantastic yeah. because yeah. I had a lot more support than I did the first two mm-hmm. times around my husband had a little more leeway he got a couple weeks off I really could you know, do that two, three weeks in the bed, just feeding, just yeah. recovering. Um, but she's, she's put me through something. So <laughs> She's so freaking cute though. I don't know. I hope four is easier than three was. I really do. Do you have a feeling of the sex of this baby? I've had dreams that it's a boy and okay. I've had, I, I don't know how, how much that weighs in. If it's like a thing, if that, you, you knew Lucy was Lucy early though I knew I knew with all of them I really did and I haven't I didn't get a gut feeling with this one until like last month so who knows if it's if it's worth anything I don't know but I feel boy maybe I don't know it's interesting I don't know how much weight to put on it (laughs) so fun um what else um so birth plan you're working on same provider as before I am. I'm going to, I'm going to stay at VCU, but I am going to see the OB that I just like love and adore. Absolutely. I didn't get her last time. Cause I, the one that on was a, a resident during yes, your loss. She was a, re- and I, I was thinking about it earlier when you said you were in the shower Yeah. and you kind of, sometimes when you're in the shower, yeah. you think about that. I had yeah. my loss, that big late loss, like yeah. 11, 12 weeks. Um, I had that in the ER waiting room bathroom yeah. and it was super traumatic. I can't even imagine. And so we had to keep waiting to be seen afterwards. And the, oh, it's still hard, a little hard to talk about, but the, the bells that they play when the babies, babies are, born, are born, I still, I, it, I get chills. It's traumatizing <laughs> to hear. And I know it's a, it's the most beautiful sound in the world. But it's, I mean, but if you're losing a baby I on a toilet loss and they were playing the bells and I, now every time I go, I can't, I can't hear the bells. So did you hear the bells when you were there with Lucy? I didn't. I didn't hear the bells. So either maybe they they thoughtfully didn't play them because they knew I was like a mom of many losses. It was written in my birth plan. Like, hey, this is a rainbow baby. Be super sensitive. Um, But I don't think you can hear them in maybe the operating room. Maybe that's why. Okay. So I didn't hear the bells and that was great. I've yet to hear them this pregnancy, I was but I know say, I'm going to cry. <laughs> do you go the same place for appointments that I don't, um, okay. they moved to Stony point. So okay. I'm, I'm less travel little, little closer. Okay. So there are no bells there until no bells actual until birth. Yeah. Birth. But then you're going to be close to meeting your baby yes. and it's going to be 
probably a really controlled environment. Hopefully a very, very positive thing. I would love to change my relationship with the bells. bells. Because it's just, it's the most amazing sound in the world. Oh, it's so true though. I mean, it's like those triggering events we were talking about. We were talking about Britney Spears because that's just like the thing that I've been all in about. And we were talking about how in the, in the thing that she talked about, the, court case that she actually spoke on yesterday she was talking about how the new therapist that they have her going to isn't protected in any way and she the paparazzi is always in her face but then you go back and you look at the documentary right after she had her babies and the paparazzi is always like of course it's triggering of course she's like a mess you know because the sounds and the sights and the things just bring her right back there which I can completely understand is it's sad. No, the you. way that the cameras flashed in her face with a fresh baby yeah. in her arms, like I, that would trigger me. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's cool. Pregnancy after loss is rad. You know, it is. it's like it's one of ride. those like really, I don't, I don't even know what to call it. It's in some ways it like makes me appreciate the idea that I'm carrying a baby, but in some ways it makes me grumpy because it's like, it's never going to feel the same as somebody who's never had a loss before. It does make you a little jealous like of their, their optimism. Absolutely. And the fact that like everybody, everything is, you know, kind of unicorns and sunshine. And I mean, I don't think very many people have perfect pregnancies. No, but yeah, it's still a little hard, like on, on my side to see, uh, people who have like, flawless home births water Mm -hmm. birth like things that I really really wanted and never got it's hard it really is but I also see as somebody who's had flawless home births (laughs) I also see like the idea that you have navigated your way to an amazing care provider through a loss which I think is an incredible story oh she's my BFF um (laughs) you know you found probably in my opinion the best doula in the area 100% to walk you through it and then you will have the time and the space hopefully if your kids give it to you to find (laughs) you know to find the space to really advocate for yourself and get what you need in an environment where so many women don't to me that shows so much strength and so it's so much easier than me just having my midwife show up and you know have a baby in my bedroom so I completely understand what you're saying but like I see you and what you've navigated through your, you know, pregnancies and losses and where you are now is something that's so strong and admirable. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely feel proud. I do. It doesn't mean I'm not trying to say that you're not allowed to feel, no. you know, disappointed <laughs> or, you know, a sense of loss on, you know, other types of birth. But um, I think there's something really strong and admirable about, you know, where you've gotten. It was like talking to Lindy about by the time she got to the twins birth in the birth story podcast, um, you know, she was able to exactly say what she wanted, you know, and really kind of try and navigate with the circumstances that she knew she had to be in the OR. Right. You know, really try and get, you know, what she wanted. I hate that it it sometimes takes that long for like a mom of multiples. Sometimes, you know, the first one's not the greatest. You learn a little bit, you you advocate a little bit, you research a little bit more, but you know, four times in, I know what I want and I'm going to get it. It always makes me sad when I hear like women who are stopping at one, just because of a because traumatic it was birth awful. Yeah. experience and just like wanting to just hug them because I mean, absolutely. So for some families, one child, some families, no child, right. no children are, is the answer. I'm not saying everybody needs to have a big family, but people who stop at one just because kind of the system is so broken and there's not support on the other side it's and unfair. there's not a community or a village when it can be such an empowering experience when it's really? done 
you know, right. And sometimes it takes baby steps getting there. Um, but I'm super proud of, of where you are, just in case you ever need to hear it. I, I think appreciate it. I think it's incredible. So yeah, that's our, that's our story. That's our pregnancy after child or after loss. Yeah. Um, we will come back and talk again once we have babies. You want to do that? That would be great. Sure. We'll cool. bring all the babies. Awesome. We'll see if we have a boy and a boy or a boy and a girl or a boy and a goat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys.